Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. So many bad things are happening in the world right now. War in Ukraine, mass shootings in the United States, not to mention the threat to democracy posed by the Republican Party. And then there's climate change, the biggest and worst of all the bad things, and the one that seems most hopeless. But there's a new project with a new approach to the climate crisis founded by Rebecca Solnit and Thelma Young Lutun Atambua called Not Too Late. Rebecca Solnit, of course, is the author of more than two dozen books, most recently Orwell's Roses. We talked about it here. She's also a columnist for The Guardian. Rebecca, welcome back. Thank you. And Thelma is a digital storyteller and activist. She's currently the senior communications strategist at the Solutions Project. Before that, she's worked in various roles supporting the global climate movement, as well as other human rights projects around the world. Thelma, welcome. So you say the most harmful lie being spread about climate change today is not that it is fake. Okay, what is the most harmful lie being spread about climate change today, Thelma? Well, the most hurtful lie that coming out is that either one, we can't do anything and that we're doomed, or two, we just have to take it slow and steady bit by bit incrementalism. And, and both of those things are really dangerous. And what Rebecca and I are really trying to tackle is people who feel stuck in despair, who can't see another world beyond apocalypse. And so just kind of give up, which I think unfortunately is a lot of people when actually, and this is the not too late title, you know, we do have 
time. There isn't much time left, but there is time to act. And, you know, this isn't a pass or fail test, as our friend, the scientist Jacqueline Gill says, every step of the way matters, every fight matters. And so much about what this project is about is reminding people that the future is not yet written. You know, we we don't know what's going to happen and the future is what we created. So reminding people that, that they have power. So are you saying people should not feel frightened and, and depressed about what is happening to the world, Rebecca? You know, we totally understand and respect despair as an emotion. It's really important to not confuse it with an analysis. And you can feel scared and distressed and alarmed and all kinds of things. But the fact of the matter is we are in the decade of decision. What we do in the 20s will determine the fate of the earth for centuries and millennia to come. And there's a lot we can do. We can speed the transition away from fossil fuels, loosen the death grip of the fossil fuel industry on our government and the world's energy supplies build the renewables, protect the soil and the forests, and support all the incredible movements that have already done so much so far and um, have ambitions to do exactly what we need to do. There's a real tendency for people who aren't involved to say nobody's doing anything or think we're starting from scratch. But the climate movement is has grown in strength and inclusiveness and sophistication. There's a lot of absolutely brilliant stuff doing everything from targeting the climate footprint of cryptocurrency to protecting soil to giving land back to indigenous people to manage, you know, so much else. So there is a huge movement. It needs everybody on board. And so in some sense, we're a recruiting project to say, there's lots to do. Please come join us. But don't scientists say that another 1.5 degrees Celsius will mean game over? That that's the point at which catastrophic climate change becomes irreversible? Wasn't that what they said at the Paris Climate Summit a couple of years ago? And aren't we going to hit 1.5 degrees higher in the next few years? That, that is why some people say uh, it's, it's too late. 1.5 was also really championed by a lot of countries on the, on the front lines of climate change. The Climate Vulnerable Forum and especially island nations in the Pacific, they really, really did the work, the hard diplomatic and civil society work to get folks to realize that 1.5 is crucial. So it is important to keep in mind that, yes, horrible, horrible things will happen at 1.5. Horrible things are happening now. The, the toll that climate change is happening on so many lives. You look at the recent heat wave in India. It is so extreme. Billions of lives were impacted. So what's also important to remember with 1.5 is, is, again, it's not, you know, the end point. Even if we hit 1.5, you know, and it looks like most recently scientists say that there's a 50% chance that we'll hit it soon. but you know, there's no room to give up. You know, we're not just going to give up and say, okay, that's it. We hit 1.5, game over. Let me just go sit in my bunker. What we're saying is that every step of the way matters, especially for frontline communities whose entire nations are on the line. We, we, need, we do need to keep in mind the urgency, but also, you know, not give up hope and just keep on fighting every day. 
Just, I just want to add two quick things, one of which is I was in the room of the Climate Vulnerable Forum at Paris in 2015 when they forced the conference to shift from two degrees to 1.5 degrees. And these, are, of course, are scientific measurements. They're not, as our friend Jacqueline Gill, a climate scientist, says, a cliff we're going to fall off. And as Thomas saying, there's, you know, there's steadily increasing climate chaos. We know there's no magic number at which suddenly everything goes crazy because lots of stuff is already haywire. We're already in trouble. So the important thing to remember is that 1.5 is a great let's not go there line, but it's not a cliff we fall off. Let's talk about the oil and gas companies. Of course, they have immense power. They've known for a long time that the end of the age of fossil fuel is coming, but they're using all the power they have to delay that ending as long as possible and to get us to burn as much carbon as possible in in the meantime. Given this power they have, what makes you think we could succeed at slowing climate change uh, significantly? And there's so many pieces to that picture, one of which is that renewables are now the cheapest form of energy in 91% of the world, I believe. The transition is already well underway. And Texas is now getting more energy from wind than from coal. It's cheaper to transition to renewables than to transition a coal plant to natural gas in the United States. I mean, the, the process is underway. The fossil fuel companies are currently rapaciously profiting and pretending it's something to do with Russia or Biden or something rather than their own greed. But their prices are so volatile, a lot of uh, investors have already withdrawn and they are vulnerable. They can be dismantled and they are not the inevitable superpowers of the world forever. And an important thing to always say about fossil fuel is it is poisonous every step of the way, literally from extraction to processing in refineries, to burning, uh, to what it does to the upper atmosphere and the long-term consequences of that. But it's also politically poison. And Putin is in a fossil fuel oligarch, Chevron, Shell, BP, etc., are incredibly destructive forces in our politics. Saudi Arabia is a destructive force. Dismantling these things is not only entirely possible, but it's part of what Thoma and I really like to stress with this. The only solution to climate requires us to build a better world in many ways, and it is underway, and we have so far to go, but we've come so far, and we can dismantle them. One other thing, we're seeing this renewable energy revolution really on full steam. California is reaching, you know, on days, reaching 100% renewable energy. And we're also seeing that by countries, Denmark's hitting 100% renewable energy. You're seeing Costa Rica making huge, huge strides. So it is possible to reach 100%. It's totally possible. The research is there that shows that countries can do it. States can do it. It's already happening. What do you think about individual action? I can recycle, I can compost, maybe I could buy a Prius. Well, you'd probably want to buy an electric car at this point in history, <laughs> not a Prius. But it would actually be better to bicycle or take the bus, but we know you're in L.A. <laughs> so the personal virtue aspect has really been emphasized by the fossil fuel industry propaganda because... It's a way both to make people think that they personally are the culprits in all this rather than that, the you know, these huge forces, including the fossil fuel industry governments. And it's a way to tell us that we're consumers and we can just be virtuous consumers. But 
We're here to tell people that we're not just consumers, we're citizens. And as citizens, we can participate in system change, not just personal virtue. Personal virtue is basically a kind of withdrawal, like I won't fly, I won't eat this, I won't buy that. So personal virtue is kind of a no, but we're about the big yes. Yes, I will engage. Yes, I will work to the transition. Yes, I will be part of the incredible movements out there now. All those things are good, except when they're the only things people think they can do or all they're obliged to do. Almost all of us have the power to participate in some kind of collective action that and system change. And I think for those of us who aren't overwhelmed, you know, we're not prisoners, we're not single mothers, um, you know, we're not homeless, etc. We have that obligation to face the greatest crisis that our species has faced. If we prevail, how much do you think we can reduce our use of uh, fossil fuels, say by 2030 or by 2050? The solutions are, are there. And that's something that scientists have said again and again. We actually have so much of the technology that we need. We know how to do this. We know how to electrify. We know how to get things going. So much of what is missing is the political will, especially in the U.S. There's a lot of other countries moving much faster. And so if we can build the political will, there's so much that can be done. You know, we don't have to wait for the technology. The technology is there. So it's more about building the people power, pushing the politicians and getting things done because it's ready. So let's just go. So I've heard talk about net zero carbon emissions by 2050. This isn't the kids in the sunrise movement who who have told us we can do this. It's the International Energy Agency, which is a much more august and cautious organization. I would say that the only reason they're saying that is that the climate movement, including the policy analysts and visionaries, badgered and bulldozed and pressured them to wake up and see the danger and shift their focus from conventional energy to renewables, which I guess is the new conventional energy. But net zero is a tricky phrase because it there's a fantasy that we're going to do lots of magical carbon sequestration, which means we can continue burning fossil fuel. And that technology doesn't exist or it exists in tiny inadequate ways that can take shave a tiny fraction of a percent off the carbon emissions. Whereas renewables are robust, the price keeps dropping, the design keeps getting better. I'm the engineering breakthroughs around it are so exciting. And so, yeah, we can get to zero by 2050, we can have it by 2030, but we need to do it by actually cutting carbon emissions as well as methane emissions and related emissions, not by the magical thinking people like Bill Gates love because they love big technology and don't like social change. The idea that somehow this magical technology that doesn't exist will come out and save us. We have magical technology, except it's not magical. It's called solar and wind and battery <laughs> yes. storage and efficiency and good design. One of the best things about joining activist groups is discovering that we have some wonderful allies out there. Yes, some activists are doctrinaire and domineering, but lots of activists are inspiring and engaging and hopeful, and some are even fun. I, I think you know what I mean. Thelma's one of the most fun people I know, <laughs> and I'm super excited to be partnering with her since you know we met and realized we shared a common vision and that we could do this thing together. And it took us a while to figure out what it is, but we're doing it. But yeah, I think movements 
are where you meet the best people. And yeah, there are people who drag on at the meeting and stuff, but like the climate movement is global, it's indigenous, it's feminist, it's people of color and racial justice, it's passionate 11 year olds around, you know, and 12 year olds and 13 year olds around the world. And it's visionaries, it's people who truly have a roadmap to a better world. And it's like, it's the best place to hang out. Yeah, and, and something that Rebecca and I love to talk about it, and she touched on this earlier, is that actually through fighting the climate crisis, we can actually create a better world. So people joining the climate fight is, again, people from all walks of life. And through that process, they'll get to know their neighbors, they'll build stronger communities, communities with probably better air quality and more community gardens and you know a healthier place to live. So. If you can find a local group near you, we encourage people to get involved. If you can't find a local group, start one or join a national group. But if you're ever feeling down and in despair, the best thing to do is find other people and just take action and get involved. In conclusion, your your starting point here is we don't know what will happen. And therefore, therefore what? The future is what we make in the present by what we do. It's not like we don't have a clue. There are definitely some parameters with climate change, but there's a huge spectrum from the best case scenario to the worst case scenario. And what we do or don't do really, you know, drives us towards one of those destinations. And of course they continue to evolve. There are surprises along the way. So it's not, I don't want it to sound like we don't know what we're doing, but we do know that the future doesn't yet exist. We often find that despondent people and just the kind of middle-class peasant fatalism of Americans <laughs> suggest that the future already exists and some people are really smart about it. And those are the people telling you it sucks and game over, but they're wrong. Thelma, one last thing, explain to us about your name. Oh, my last name, Lutonatambua. My husband is Fijian. He was actually um, helped found the Pacific Climate Warriors. And one of their anthems is, we're not drowning, we're fighting. So that's something that's always really inspired me. And my hope is coming from the Pacific is, you know, they are really on the front lines. They have so much at risk, but they are not giving up. They're not drowning, they're fighting. Rebecca and Thelma have organized Not Too Late, It's a project to invite newcomers to the climate movement and guide people from despair to possibilities. You can find them online at nottoolateclimate.com. You can follow them on Facebook at nottoolateclimate, on Twitter at nottoolate underscore hope. Thank you, Thelma. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, Rebecca. Always a pleasure, John. Thank you. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.